let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey everybody, welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. I don't think I've actually done the hey everybody, welcome to Outpost, like the intro hey in a, a while. I think it's been you who's done it the past couple of times. I don't remember. It's usually me. Yeah, it's usually but. you. So welcome. I'm Andrew. I'm Emily. We are super happy to have you here with us. Uh, we have a third guest host here today who is in the, the other room, but desperately wants to be recorded. So you might yeah. hear some babbling and some jabbering. And We put him down to bed and he's just so happy. He just wants <laughs> to chit-chat by himself. Yeah, Ammon, our youngest, is in the in the closet right now, not sleeping, but not angry. Just It makes it sound weird that he's in the closet. He He's in a bed. He's in a bed <laughs> in the closet. Yeah, we're not ready to move him into the other kid's room yet because he does cry a little bit throughout the night. So yeah, so he's we sli- keep him in our closet. <laughs> yep. Well, now you know that. So, <laughs> um, any fun things we need to announce? Uh, we picked our puppy today. We did pick our puppy. Oh my gosh, today. we haven't even talked about this on Instagram at all. Just our listeners know this. Yep. So it's a secret. Yeah, we're getting a puppy at the end of February, and we picked him today, and it was so fun. Yeah, my we weren't able to go actually visit the puppy because it's not a, it's out of state. Mm-hmm. But my brother and my my sister in law and our nephew were able to go visit him. Yeah. And shout out to our sister-in-law because she is like... Oh my gosh, she's like in labor right yeah. now. And she's like, yeah, we'll go pick your puppy for you. Like, we'll we'll do this and FaceTime you. I'm like, uh, you're like so yeah. sick. So shout and, out to uh, Anna Jordan, hero of the week. Yeah, definitely. So um, they went out and played with our puppy for a little bit so that we could That's watch him. so fun. Yeah, we are so excited. So we're crazy and we couldn't do anything for the last half of the day because they went at the end of the day. And we, we were, were just like waiting for five o'clock yeah, to it was go like, around. I felt like Emily actually played me in Nefetoffel, which is my favorite game right now. Did you say Nefetoffel? It's Nefetoffel. I thought it was Nefeltoffel. Nefeltoffel? <laughs> yeah, no, I it's Nefetoffel. Yeah, I'm putting another L in it. No, it's Nefetoffel. Okay. It's basically, what is it like? It's Viking chess. Yeah. It's like a... It's, it's really fun, actually. It's not I don't, chess, but it's like like a board game. I don't typically typically like... <laughs> she doesn't typically like games that I like. That's where we're at. Yeah, but... But she plays but it anyway because she's wonderful. I do actually like this one. It's fun. Yeah. So anyway, she played Nefetoffel with me for like an hour. Because to, I knew that like each game takes about 10 minutes. So if we just kept playing, it would be like 10 minutes chunks yeah. gone before we could <laughs> FaceTime. And she beat me. She did yeah, beat me. I did. And my mom's going to be very, of. My mom's gonna be very jealous that you beat me first. She will. Yeah, beating you in any game is basically unheard of. But we are not here to talk Anyways, about that. It is February. It is... That's exciting. I can't believe it's already February. But yep. um, this is not the episode right before Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day is creeping up. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk... A little bit about marriage, a lot of bit about marriage. The whole thing's about marriage, and about Jesus, um, and about Jesus. Yeah, that's our thing, our sh- our thing. Yeah, I was gonna say our thing or our shtick, but yeah, our thing. Yep. Um, so we're gonna be talking about help meets first, which is really cool. Um, we talked, I think it was episode seventy something, seventy six or something, where we talked about helping each other as like spouses. Um, with our mental health and mental oh, yeah. challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked a, a super briefly about help meets, and I kind of got inspired to start researching it more and doing a deeper study about what a help meet is. So we're just going to talk about that today, and then I'm the list maker of the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've put together a list of ways we can be better help meets for each other. So, and we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it because Andrew's good at discussing. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, well, since this is your list, um and this is honestly it's kind of just a, a study that Emily did and then we're going to go along with her study and then we'll discuss it. Right? So, yeah. I'm going to share the first verse. Go for it. Um it's kind of where help meet 
comes from, at least in the English version of the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. First, time, first time you find it. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and 23 through 24. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Yeah, and the footnote for Anne help me. I think it's And when Anne. we say footnote in the Oh yeah. Um, in the King James version of the Bible that's published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have like little like annotations or footnotes. A lot of Bibles have them. It's, it's like, like the little letter that's up there and then you go down to the bottom and it's got like an explanation or right. something. Yeah. So it's a general footnote, but like in in the Bible that we use it just has like we have like a certain set of footnotes that are in all Bibles used by Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. So there's a footnote for that, um, one of those verses, and it says, suited to, worthy of, or corresponding to. And I just thought that that was really cool, that a helpmeet is someone that is, like, for you. Like, God gave you your spouse for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it kind of poses the question of, like, soulmates and stuff, uh-huh. which I know our stance is on that. Yep. But a lot of people don't believe in soulmates. And I don't necessarily... Do we, I are, do. Are we talking about this Let's right now? Let's just talk about okay. this real quick. I don't believe that that is part of the plan for everyone. Yeah, I don't either. I I believe that it is possible to have soulmates. Yeah. But I don't think it's the case every time. Yeah. And I also don't think it's the case that if you... When we say soulmates... All right. Back up a little bit. So, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe that before we came down to this earth, we all lived with our Heavenly Father in what we call the spirit world, where we existed as spirits before we had bodies. So, generally, when I think of um, a... What what was the word we were just using? Soulmate. I'm an idiot. Soulmate. (laughs) Um, I think of people who made promises to each other that they were going to be married on the earth. And they made those promises when they were in the spirit world. Or subsequently, like, someone that God has, like, said, all right, this is a match that's going to happen or can happen or should happen or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess specifically should happen. Uh, And when I say um, soulmates, I'm I'm really referring to people, like, when two spirits in... The premortal world promised to each other they were going to come down and and find each other because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot of God saying you have to marry this person you have to marry no. that person and I know a lot of church leaders that say specifically that like that we that you could marry who you want to and make it work mm-hmm. if you're living the gospel like you can make it yeah, work like, and it's not like that soulmates aren't necessarily a thing always. right so like any two people who are completely committed to jesus christ that's can make it work it. yeah because that's that's the key right like you right. because people are going to change over their lives and so if you have a constant to which you're constantly striving if you're both moving closer to the savior then you are going to always be coming closer to each other regardless of how far apart you were when you first were married or you, mm-hmm. when you first met so i when i also when i say soulmates i don't mean that you couldn't marry someone else or you couldn't be happy oh, right. with someone else. It's like, that's just somebody that you've maybe yeah. promised that to marry before or like uh-huh. that heavenly father, like pushed in your path. Like maybe not aggressively, but like said like, Hey, like there's this person that I've kind of prepared for you. Cause you look at like, uh, you look at, um, in the Bible, there are lots of cases where God like kind of pointed people to their spouses Right, that mm-hmm. kind of led them straight to them. Right. I, As a teenager, I used to think, like, what if I marry this person? And I wasn't supposed to marry them, but then I get back to heaven, and I think, and then I see the person I was supposed to marry, and then it's like, ah, sorry. Like, like dang it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't think that way anymore. I know we were supposed to be together, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about, about me, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and... and and we're not saying this as a a normal thing or like this is what is like for everybody. Like this is just 
our personal experiences based off of our own personal spiritual experiences. I think you gotta think of a better word. Yeah, I mean, we're young in marriage, and when we think about marriage, we think of our own marriage. Yeah. So that's just our experience. Yep. Anyways, um, here's some more research that I did that I would share. Um, let's see. So it's actually two words, right? Help me. Well, yes. So I'm trying to see where this is from. So this is from Angela Ashurst McGee. She wrote an article called Help Meet Women's Power to Serve. Um, and it says... There's an article in the Enzyme, which is the church yes. magazine. Yep. It says, in the 17th century, the two words help meet, help and meet in this passage were mistaken for one word applying to Eve, and thus help meet became or came to mean a wife. Then, in the 18th century, a misguided attempt to make sense of the word, the spelling helpmate was introduced. So that's interesting, too. Um, that, like, your helpmate was, like, your mate. Yeah, but it's a made-up word. Made-up word. Anyways. Okay, the definition um, comes from two Hebrew words, ezer and konegdo. Ezer means help, but in a distinct way. In English, a helper is sometimes thought of as someone in a low position, but ezer describes it describes strength. It suggests that the individual has power to rescue others. Ezer is used 21 times in the Old Testament, always describing a person with the capacity allowing one to help, protect, or aid. In most of these cases, Ezer describes the way God offers help to rescue humankind. I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, as I'm thinking about this now, it's, it's... there's some really cool points about this, specifically that last line. In most of these cases, Ezer, or Ezer, uh, describes the way God offers help to rescue man, humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think of like a spouse as someone who, you rescue me on a daily basis <laughs> well, we, in so many ways. Each we do other. it for each other. Yeah. Right? Um, but this, this salvation isn't just a... Um, it's not just a mortal thing. It's not just like, like a, a physical. You, yeah, physical thing. It's, right. not, it's not something that you just help me out from on a day to day basis. Right. Or We're you, here to keep each other spiritually in right. line and and not just like hey we help. Not just like in the sense that Paul talks about it in the in the New Testament where he says iron sharpens iron. We're like mm. being like two believers working together help make each other stronger. Mm-hmm. Not just that kind of way, uh, but in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, we believe that we are meant to you know receive exaltation in families um and that you are sealed to your families to your spouse for eternity and it's only um only through that only through being sealed as a family that you can like receive all that the father wants to give you Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a cool thing that uh what god was saying is hey adam you can't be saved by yourself you need an Easer, you need someone who can actually help you gain access to all the blessings I have to offer you, namely family. Mm-hmm. And you can't do this by yourself. So you need an easer. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Is that cool? Yeah. I, 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 and it's funny because I didn't, I mean, I did the study and I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and I've read this before. You shared this with me and I, I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's an easer that's not just, um, that's not just for helping you be better in this life, but it's an easier like necessary for, for salvation, right? Or for exaltation, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so uh, the author goes on and says, though its meaning is less definitive, scholars agree that konegdo means corresponding to, and opposite to. It describes two things that are next to each other and complementary to each other, but different from each other, like facing opposites. Putting these two terms together, we see that Ezra Konegdo suggests that God created Eve in counterpart to Adam with the power to rescue and serve. That's awesome. Yeah. Helpmate is not a label of inferiority, but an acknowledgement of strength. Yeah, especially That's really cool. think about it in this terms of like, all right, so we, in order to receive all that the Father wants to give you, you need an easer. Mm-hmm. And by saying Konegdo, I think God's telling Adam like, hey, like, and she needs you, or God's telling Eve, like, and Eve, like, you need 
atom too because it's corresponding right. it's and like, i think the way that i've always heard helpmeet is applying to eve applying to the wife that the, the wife is the helpmeet mm-hmm. but i absolutely believe it's both ways right especially in the the, the hebrew name here connect or greek is it hebrew no it's hebrew yeah so in the name connect it means opposite or corresponding to so it's saying like hey like this you need two parts right it's you are one part of this so easier right. connecto means that there has to be another easier connecto in order for it to fully function. And I apologize to all of our listeners, you know, all three of you that might actually <laughs> speak ancient Hebrew. I'm uh, probably saying this totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, there was one more thing that I want to read, and it's from the book True to the Faith. Um, it's basically like a little handbook that our church uses to like, it's almost like a glossary. Yeah, it has just a couple succinct definitions of random topics. Right, and there's like like quotes from different church leaders and stuff about about yeah, the topics and, and lists of different scriptures for it, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's really helpful. And um, for help meet, no, I think I don't think it was for help meet. I think it was under marriage. Um, it said, "Center your lives in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help one another. Keep the covenants you have made. Attend church and the temple together. Study the scriptures together." Kneel together in prayer at the beginning and end of each day to thank your Heavenly Father for one another and to unite in asking for His blessings on your lives, your home, your loved ones, and your righteous desires. God will then guide you, and your daily conversations with Him will bring peace and joy that can come from no other source. Your companionship will sweeten through the years, your love will strengthen, your appreciation for one another will grow. I love that it says, like, it's basically like an if-then statement. Like, you do these things... These are your promised blessings. And I love the phrase, your companionship will sweeten through the years. I think that's, like, so cute. And I just imagine us on a front porch somewhere in, like, 70 years. (laughs) Sweet in our marriage. We will be 96 in 70 years. I don't know if I want to live that long. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, you get the picture. Yeah. Okay, so question for you. I I think I can hear some of our listeners, and if I was listening to this, I might have this question. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think um, generations past have done not so hot with with some aspects of this. I think there uh, has been a, um, a lot of Again, a lot of people from generations past who have looked at um, like the relationship between husband and wife as one of like like in charge and like so like the husband's in charge and the the wife is like subordinate to the husband. Mm-hmm. So, how do you think that that is wrong? Well, it's not treating each other like equals. Mm-hmm. If one is subordinate to the other in marriage, like that, you're not treating that subordinate person as a child of god like i right. i don't think that's my well, strong opinion I guess, okay sorry i i think i didn't i didn't like finish phrasing my question maybe mm-hmm. um so what i guess i'm asking is if you are supposed to be a help meet mm-hmm. in your approach to your spouse and i'm talking again to husbands and to wives mm-hmm. you're supposed to be a help meet how do you um how do you personally in our marriage ensure that that um you are you can be a helpmeet while still taking care of yourself personally and making sure that you are not kind of getting thrown under the rug or bus. You get thrown under a rug? No, swept under a rug or thrown under a bus. <laughs> I feel like my mom mixing metaphors. Um, thrown under the bus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think something that we have grown to be good at, I feel like we've been good at certain aspects of it at different times, but um, like being a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, in every aspect of our lives so we're a pretty good team in like parenting and household duties um and then spiritually also you are a lot more encouraging of me to be on top of spirituality stuff than mm-hmm. i am of you because i'm just exhausted at the end of yeah, the day <laughs> you are very tired and understandably so but um, um yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. I think it's obviously wrong right. for one spouse to be subordinate to the other. And I've seen yeah. it where a husband is subordinate to the wife or where the wife is subordinate, subordinate to mm-hmm. the husband. And both of those are wrong. Like, we're supposed right. to be helpmates to each other. Um, and I think 
it's just it's kind of frustrating that this is always the answer but the answer to make sure that that doesn't happen in my experience and from what i've seen isn't like a easy checklist but it's a listening to the spirit and constantly being like communicating Mm -hmm. like one thing that we didn't realize is like i was or i didn't realize is i was trying really hard to be a helpmate for emily and be on her team and whatnot but um i work outside of the home much more frequently than Emily has to do things outside of the home, not just with actual work, like, like, like my career, mm-hmm. but, uh, with church things. And when we were at school, I usually was full-time and Emily was, was part-time until our last semester when we were both full-time, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Um, and so I wasn't at home as frequently. And so I didn't think about, uh, I wasn't as engaged in like household type chores just cause I wasn't home as much. And so when I was home, like chore type things or household duties weren't on my mind. And I wasn't, I just wasn't thinking about them because mm-hmm. I didn't have, to, I wasn't like the one usually doing them. Right. And then in my mind, it's like all I can think about. And I'm like, how is this not obvious to you? Right. Yeah. And so we'd like talk about that. And mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was something that I wasn't really aware of. And I was like, oh, like it doesn't matter. Like there's some things we have to do, but I'd rather just like, I'd rather just spend time together, sit here or something. Mm-hmm. But that was, I wasn't being a good help me for Emily. I wasn't helping her with the things that she needed. Um, and I wasn't like sharing responsibility evenly. Right. Well, I don't think you should even say evenly because, I mean, you can say it if you want. But, yeah. <laughs> um, evenly to me just means like you're keeping score, you're keeping tally of yeah. each other. And mm-hmm. I really like, I'm not about that. Yeah, I think even And I know that right. it works well with some couples and they are for that, but like for us it does not work well. Yeah. And um Yeah. I don't yeah. really know what else to say to yeah, that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I don't I don't like the idea of, of keeping score like mm-hmm. of keeping score, like thinking about it like, okay, evenly or like trying to say remember specific things like, Oh, she didn't do that or she did that for me. Right. I just like to think of it as like honestly, like a team, like yeah. like a, a soccer team. You know, not everybody does the same thing. Not everyone has the same position or role, but everyone's important and doing their job. Yeah. And, well, and I think um, one we've we've talked about this before in the podcast, and I feel like we just had this conversation with someone in your family recently. Um, but I think the real key here is, in order to be a good helpmeet and be happy and be like healthy is like you have to have a, a an easier connecto on the other side that is like for you right like you can't mm-hmm. just you can't be the easier connecto for somebody else right without them also being it for you yeah cuz it's unbalanced and you're not going to be able to to keep going yeah and so the only way that you can be fully invested in another person is if that person is fully invested in you Mm-hmm. it's the only way for you to do it and be happy and functioning and, and successful is for that that devotion to be reciprocated yeah exactly and so I think that's super hard um, and it's never it's never like a perfect balance it's, yeah it's never a perfect balance um, but I found that in our five years of marriage so far that we've done a fairly good job question mark I'm just I'm, <laughs> you're saying it with like eyes that are like yeah are we because <laughs> <laughs> i think we are but it's no if someone's in the wrong it's usually me who's in the wrong no. so i'm like right am i am no. i good saying that or <laughs> you're fine saying that you know you're good um i just feel a little bit silly because i know a lot of our listeners have been married for many more years than we have yeah and so we're not experts um, in this obviously all. we're not experts we're just speaking from our own experience and i'm sure we have a lot more yeah. to learn Yep. So kind of like on a, on a funny note about that, do you want to tell that one story about um, when we were invited on a podcast and then they told us that they didn't like what we said? Yeah. Yeah. We were invited on a podcast and to talk about marriage and millennial marriages. And um, basically she wanted us to, I mean, she didn't say this outright, but. She wanted us to whine about ma- being married. Yeah. She didn't like. The fact that we were enjoying our marriage. <laughs> and she, <laughs> yeah, so she was like, oh, yeah, it's not really what I'm looking for. I'm not going to use this episode. Yeah, so we, we like, recorded it, it and we were supposed to, like, she was supposed to come on our episode or our podcast and record. Um, and then, so we recorded with her, and then she said she wasn't going to use our episode. And then she didn't respond about 
We're like, hey, can we have the audio? Yeah, and she said, it. it's like, yeah, we thought the audio was great. Like, you can send it to us, and we'll just release it on our episode or our podcast. And then crickets. <laughs> she didn't respond, and then she also never got back to us about recording with us. So yeah, but basically, it was really sad because she was asking all these probing questions, trying to get us to admit that, like, oh, being a millennial, like a married millennial, is so hard. And we didn't. We only had great things to say, and we were being openly, genuinely honest and genuine and. Yeah, and it I was just really, really sad that people expect our generation to fail at this. Yeah, and to hate marriage. Yeah, and it's it's hard because I know there are some people, and we've had people that we've known who have struggled with their marriage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I think it's the grace of God and how wonderful Emily is. Being married has been and you like has been a great wonderful experience and it hasn't like there have been like hard things you have to do because when you're married you have to do hard things but But you get to do them together right you are a help meet for each other and so hopefully if you're doing it right like at least okay our experience has been that because we've been devoted to each other and we've tried to be a help meet to each other completely right and we haven't been like holding back for ourselves or whatnot Mm -hmm. um like marriage has been really fun and it's been great and there's been hard things but emily's not the hard thing in our marriage and you aren't the hard thing either right and it's not that yeah yeah it's like miscarriages or deciding where to like where to live or like like hard things happen or like paying bills or like all those hard things but it's not you right yeah and it just it crushed me it really broke my heart when um, just that whole experience because I was just so sad that people assume that about our generation. Yeah. And it also irritates the crap out of me because I'm like, you, you expect, like you wonder why all of these, these kids, I guess our age right. are like not getting married and not wanting to get married and not committing to relationships. Well, stop talking trash about marriage. Stop whining about your marriages. Yeah. Stop and whining about I'm, your I'm marriages. Like really heated about this. But like if the more negative you talk about marriage in general or your own marriage and negatively about your spouse, why why would millennials want to get married? Yeah. You know, you're scaring them. Yeah. I, there's a really we talked about this the other day in the car, but there's a really good linguistic explanation that applies to language, but I think it applies to this aspect of marriage. This is a little bit of diatribe, so I'm sorry. But um, when we talk about learning a new language, uh, I've heard it described, and I've used this before, and I think it's really apt, as walking in an open field. Um, When you're learning a language for the first time, including your, your native language, it's like walking in an open field and it's rough and it's uneven but the longer you walk on the single path or you like make a consistent lingual linguistic pattern so like you you have a certain way of speaking you use like a certain set of words or use like a certain set of phrases on a consistent basis and it kind of or you make the same mistakes right or yeah the same mistakes and it's like you walking on that open grass Eventually, it's going to wear into the grass, and you're going to like have a um, like a well trod well trodden path. Uh, and then, when you want to learn a new language or even change the manner of speech in your native language, um, it's like trying to walk or get off of the well trodden path and walk on the virgin grass again. And then that's difficult because then you have to walk on that grass and it's uncomfortable. But you have to do it for long enough until you can develop a new path. Uh, And I think the same thing is true with marriage when it comes to talking and listening. If you talk negatively about your spouse or about marriage, or if you uh, consistently listen to things that talk negatively about marriage, it's like uh, walking on that grass in those areas. Uh, It's going to eventually make a trail that's easier for you to stay in. And it's hard for you to jump out of that trail. Uh, And... Again, the same thing is true for positive talk and positive focus is that will create a, a trail in your field and it's going to make it easier for you to stay on that trail. And if, you, if you're not putting, you know, paying attention, you're just going to naturally go with the trail that you've gone over a thousand times. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I was disappointed with that podcast because they wanted to they wanted to put some more grooves or they wanted to walk on that negative trail more. And when we said, hey, like it doesn't have to be that way, um, and we didn't say it was because of us, we just said it was because we were we were devoted to Christ. Like if you're Yeah, we totally like gave Christ the credit. We're like, this isn't because we're like these perfect people or that we're perfect at this marriage thing it's just because like we do firmly believe that if two people are committed to jesus christ then they can make it work and they can not just make it work but be totally happy right and when you are both committed to christ like christ is going to be super involved in your marriage and he's going to try and help you as much as he can and give you as much power as he can um and when she rejected that because it didn't match her message which she wanted to emphasize the negative Mm -hmm. i found that disappointing because i was just more negative about marriage into the world right it seriously broke my heart yeah and then emily like had like a oh my gosh a crisis of self like (laughs) Like, are we actually happy in marriage yeah have i been blinded (laughs) (laughs) no and then she kept looking at all of our married friends like okay like are are they doing something like way better than us that we're not supposed that we're like we're not doing? We need to be doing better and <laughs> and low crisis. Yeah, it was. Like, I'm good now. I'm fine. <laughs> she was like low key, a little like neurotic for a like, couple, couple weeks. Hey, it's like a couple days. Yeah, it was like a week. It was a couple days. Okay, a couple days. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, should we dive into these little ways that we can be better helpmates? Yes. Yep. Let's do that. Okay. So, I mean, you can look all over the interwebs for ways to strengthen your marriage. And I kind of did that and found my favorites. Cool. So, this is what I gleaned from the interwebs. Look at you gleaning. Pray for your spouse. That's a good one. That is a good one. I think pray for them in private and also together. That might sound awkward, but like... How does it make you feel when I pray for you? Oh, it makes me feel so special. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know, because you don't usually say anything after I pray for you. No, but it does make me feel really special. Okay, good. And I feel very grateful. Good. Yeah. Okay, help them focus on and achieve their goals. Mm. You're really good at that. Yeah, I think this one's really important. I think it's really easy to kind of just get caught up in your own goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also easy to turn into a cheerleader for your spouse as opposed to a helpmeet. Okay, explain. I hate the idea that like a woman can't um, rely on her husband to help her like be accountable with her goals or help her like be better. Oh, because then it would be like, what? I'm not good enough. Yeah, it's like yeah, that. I get that. Or like husbands like aren't committed enough or are just going to sugarcoat everything. I think I think sugarcoating is an offense to marriage. Wow. Yep. Yeah, well. Yep. Tell us how you really feel. I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying like you have to be like a jerk about it, but I mean, I think um, I think that when you withhold advice or help um, to help you like to help someone change, that, that could help someone change or that you know would help someone change and be better, because you don't want to hurt your, their feelings, what you're actually doing is you're being prideful, and you want their appro- you care about their approval of you more than you care about them and their happiness. Oh yeah, didn't David A. Bednar say that? That is a quote from yes, Elder David A. Bednar. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying go be a jerk. Right. What I'm saying is we don't like, want any jerks running around. Like part of being a Christ-centered help me, in my opinion, I'm not an authority. Remember, like this is just my opinion you're here listening to us because we're just discussing this and hopefully this serves as a good jumping off point for you and your spouse or you and your family members as you try and figure this all out for yourselves Um, but i think being a helpmeet means wanting someone to receive that salvation right it's being that easier connect like Mm -hmm. being there to help save that person and the way you do that is you become more like christ and so if you kind of give you know, if like your spouse is making these goals and you're not really engaged in helping them make goals that are really going to benefit them, then you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. There's my opinion. Sticking to That's it. That's a good opinion. We should probably stop recording at 1030 because there's always a train. <laughs> there is <laughs> a train. Do you hear that? <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, share in the household duties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of already touched on that. Save energy every day for each other and the marriage. 
That one's good. I like that. I love our times like after the kids go down and we just get to like do something fun. Yeah. Like watch a show or play Neffle Tuffle. Neffle Tuffle. Neffle Tuffle. We love board games. We do. And we love our fun snacks. And we actually decided we, we keep a pretty strict budget and so like we don't often splurge on things, but we decided that we <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna buy like one mom and dad snack every week yep. that like the kids don't know about. Yep, we're gonna hide it on the top shelf. <laughs> And then Ruth had it today, this oh past week, and she dumped it on the ground. Yeah. It was like the last little crumbs of salt and vinegar kettle chips. Mm, they're so good. And okay. she just like grabbed the bag and flew it across the room and it all spilled out. Yeah. It's like, how no. dare you? <laughs> Savage. Okay. Um, put marriage above parenthood. Yep. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit, but... Just yeah, like, of course, we love our kids, but we need to put each other first. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. For some reason, that still makes me feel a little bit guilty, but it shouldn't. It doesn't make me feel guilty. I'm savage. No, oh, you're fine. Okay. Uh, talk about each other in only positive ways and make each other look good. Make your commitment obvious. You look way good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, thank you. Mm. Yeah, I hope everyone, like, knows that I am 100% on your side. Like I'm not. Oh, they know. Like I'm never going to like talk bad about you. I'm never going to. They know. Like everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but we're we're committed, and I love I love that it says make each other look good. Yeah, I. I which one do you have on here? Because we we had a really good conversation about this. Yeah, I think on this one we mm-hmm. were we were talking about this in the car the other day. I don't know where the boundary is for this one. But like just we, I I think I have a hard rule that I don't talk bad about Emily mm-hmm. or disparagingly, right? In any way, shape, or form, I, we'll we'll tease each Teasing, other, yeah. And like like with our family, we might like tease mm-hmm. our spouse, um, but it's only ever done about topics that we know are like okay, mm-hmm. right? And in ways that we know are okay, yeah. Um, and. So, so like my boundary or something. oh yeah, so my general is is no, like no no negative talking about your spouse, um, but I we were talking about how there might be a boundary, or there might be like a, a limit where you a person might need to go and vent or just to talk to somebody. They might oh, need yeah. advice, and so like like they might need to go and say, hey, my husband or my wife or whatever is like like. She, She's driving me crazy, and I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to be a better spouse. Yeah, like, where's the line between, like, venting or, like... Seeking help and... Yeah. Man, that's that's tough, because I feel like... And we're not talking about, like, abuse. Like, no, we're not even talking about that. We're just talking about, like, like an honest marital struggle that you, you actually do want advice on. Um, and someone to talk to and connect with about it, but yeah, I think I, I, f- I feel like there's two, maybe two people. I don't know, not to go to. Two like individuals or two types of people. Two types of people. Okay, <laughs> Emily has two people that she thinks you should not <laughs> go and talk to. She's gonna give you their names and their numbers right now. Well, I don't know. I mean, I have never been in this situation, so I honestly don't know. But I feel like going to a parent is tricky yeah because you don't want i mean obviously in all likelihood your parent is going to be on your side yeah so you don't want to put your parents except my parents well <laughs> my parents would not be in my side my you mom don't... likes you more and my dad is going to tell me that i'm wrong usually okay, yeah <laughs> but um but you don't want to put your parent on your side and make yeah, your you spouse do the enemy to your parent even if your spouse is not your enemy like you going to your parent about an issue might sets up a battle it sets up a battle and i i feel like that's dangerous yeah and i would get that if if, like if one of like when our kids are married just thinking about it now like yeah like you'd want to protect your kid yeah you know Yeah, yeah i get it yeah um that's a tricky one and then also i honestly don't have like a bunch of close knit girlfriends but I feel like that might be a dangerous place to go. 
mm-hmm. talking about your marriage because when you're among young or women your age and you're talking about these things, like it very, very quickly can spiral into like gossip and venting and, and husband it, bashing. Husband bashing. Which is yeah. one of my big pet peeves. I yeah. hate that stereotype. Mm-hmm. And I hate seeing it. It drives me nuts. Yeah. So I feel like if if there is something that you and to do be fair, to... wife bashing also drives me nuts. So just mm-hmm. so we are established, I am not a sexist. <laughs> I hate the bashing of all spouses. Yes. So we're good. But I do think that there are times that it's needed to go to someone to talk to, and I just feel like you know seek the spirit and figure out who's going to be the best person that you can. Um, trust with the information that you're going to share and that you honestly want help with the situation and you're not doing it just to gossip about yourself. I don't think we've all, like, even if we haven't recognized that when it's a good or bad in in us, but I think we've all seen other people do it well and other people do it poorly. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, and like the people who've done it well, I feel like that I've seen have done a couple things. One, they've gone to people whom they respect uh, spiritually mm-hmm. uh, and they want their actual opinions and it's not just a venting thing. And it might be that they needed to vent, but they vented to a person and in a way that set them up for a good spiritual experience afterwards. Yeah. Like put them in a place that where they were going to hear good advice. Right? And not just to convince that other person that they are They're in, in the, the right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was the spirit that you go about or that you have when you go about it. You know, like, are you... Mm-hmm. Like, what's your motivation? Like, are you gossiping or are you are you trying to get people on your side? That's I guess, that's probably the biggest one. If you're If you find yourself trying to win someone to your side, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. If you um, are trying to genuinely seek advice so that you can improve your marriage, then you're probably in the right. Yeah. Generally. Maybe that's the way to go instead of looking at, like, who to go to. Yeah. Anyways. So there's a diatribe on that one. Yeah. We don't have a ton of experience with that one, so you can take or leave that thought. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> reprove quietly, gently, and privately, and always involve the Lord. I like that. So we're not, like correcting each other in front of other people yeah i don't think i've that's... seen that and it's icky yeah i think that one's just it's super hard to do it's super hard to correct a, correct a spouse publicly appropriately mm-hmm. like i can't I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking about it thinking about how to do that like it's like thinking about with your kids like if your kids see you cor- like correcting each other I'm not talking about, like, grammar, either. I'm talking about, like, (laughs) like calling them out in a serious way. Right. Yeah. Those conversations should just not happen in front of people. Yeah. Um, Encourage each other. uh, Encourage each other's church service, spiritual responsibilities, and spiritual progress. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a a good one for me recently, just because um, Andrew is very involved in church activity and responsibilities right now Mm -hmm. and it's all usually in the evening and it leaves me with the kids and like all or sitting or sitting alone in a pew with three kids on sunday or all day sunday when he has meetings Mm -hmm. and honestly it's incredibly difficult and i've had to really like have some good praying sessions to humble myself but like it's really important and i'm learning this right now that i support him in his spiritual responsibilities Mm -hmm. um and i mean only in that way am i going to be able to feel at peace right so and for my part as i so i try and support emily in in her callings as well so whatever she's doing with her at church at that moment or in that phase i try and make it as easy as possible for her to do everything that she needs to do. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, I also do things like during church, I, if someone needs to go out with a kid and I can take yeah, a, a kid, I always am the one who goes out with the kid because she, she's with the kids all the time and she like kind of needs that, that relaxation spiritual time a little bit more than I do because of 
the different uh, poles in our time. Um, and so doing things like that, like just being aware of, of your spouse and recognizing that like they really, like your spouse also needs spiritual enlightenment and, mm-hmm. and kind of rejuvenation and being willing to say, hey, like, I'm going to make it so I'm rejuvenating less right now so they can get it, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like, you need to be able to be willing to trade off appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing that you are really good at, Andrew, is like um, encouraging my spiritual progress. So you ask about my spiritual goals, mm-hmm. and you um, at night if we've gone to bed um, and we're like going to bed, you will sometimes ask, like, did you do your personal study? Mm-hmm. Like, have you read the scriptures today? And that's really encouraging. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And I don't know if you like this or not, but I can tell like, sometimes if you're like a little testy about it, I'll tease you. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just tired. <laughs> just leave me alone. Don't ask me that. <laughs> yeah. And so like, if I funny tease you, then it's like you don't feel bad about it. You don't right. Like, I don't feel guilty. I just feel like, nah. Yeah, you're right. I need to read my scriptures. Right. Yeah. Um, understand your spouse's love language or love needs or needs at all and try to meet their needs daily. Mm-hmm. You don't have to meet every single need daily, but... Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that before. Yep. Uh, show gratitude for each other often. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, take time for yourself. Everyone needs self-care and alone time to make themselves better mentally, emotionally, and spiritually equipped to serve and help others. Yep. So. That was yes. really important. I think it's... That is important. It's kind of a weird point to end on for like a valentine's day type post like <laughs> like love yourself love yourself no but it is it's important because i mean how are you supposed to take care of a family and love to your greatest capacity yeah. if you don't love yourself and you can't yeah take I th- your own and time? that's really it's kind of a hard one because it's one of those things that needs to be balanced right mm-hmm, I, I think of course i honestly think that our society has gone way too overboard on the whole love yourself thing yeah. Yeah, I think there's just like a little too much self-love and there needs to be a little bit more like each other love. Interesting. I guess like in the circles that I'm around and like my phase of life, I need the self-care. No, so no, no, like no. I feel like And I'm not saying like don't do self-care, <laughs> like it's bad to talk about self-care, mm-hmm. but I think that um out of a desire to like make sure everyone's okay, we're like making people selfish. Interesting. Not you okay. and not well, I, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel that. I feel like we're like kind of in a more like, I don't know, selfish phase of existence. Right. Interesting. Era. You disagree? I don't disagree. I, I mostly agree. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I guess I haven't really thought about it like you. Right, well, I mean, it's like. I just think of my own experience with self care. Right. And I think. And my own needs. So. You are in a very good place. So don't worry. I'm not talking about. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even saying like individually, like you should, shouldn't focus on that. I'm saying, yes, everyone needs to be aware and do self care and make sure that they're okay and whatnot. But self care is just part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of. Um, a, a lot of young moms, especially, kind of neglect that self care. Mm-hmm. Um, but or we misclassify it. I yeah. think. I mean, uh, taking a shower shouldn't be self care, right? I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have gotten to points of my motherhood where it was self care, and I was only getting self care when I took a shower or. When I, I don't, I can't even think of anything else, but like, it should like be something using a the little bathroom. bit, yeah, like <laughs> using the bathroom by yourself. No, you should be doing something for you. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And I agree with that. All that stuff. Yeah. I just think that it's a little much sometimes. Okay. Uh-huh. There's Andrew's opinion. There's on my self-care. opinion. You can take it or leave it. Probably leave it. I'm fine. <laughs> Probably leave it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for joining I'm, us. I know on how this. much I'm valued. No, we have to do loves, lesson loves. Oh, yeah, and it's like Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, like, hey. so what do you love, honey? Oh, well, my less than love. Uh, but what now, you I feel, less than love? now I feel like I can a go first. bummer. I can go first. My love. Okay. Hopefully, yours is not super serious because mine is totally not serious. Mine's not that serious. My favorite, or mm, 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 my one of my favorite fast food things. So, not like a main course. So, you know, they have like little side things. Yeah. My favorite fast food side thing comes from Burger King. It's the Cine Minis. Ugh. 
the, like the little mini cinnamon rolls with the icing dipping stuff. Yeah, you're gross. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I crave it. He does. He does. Way more frequently than I would like to admit. I also don't eat it very frequently. No. I think I might get in the car and go buy them right now if they have. No, our Burger King's not open 24 hours. Dang it. But I love those things so much. And they're only like a dollar or two. Yeah. I should treat myself more. I should self-care. Self-care on city minis, babe. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, my less than love is bedtime. I love my own bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why she hates bedtime. (laughs) But, like, bedtime with the kids right now, I feel like we're just in a really hard spot. There have been ups and downs, but right now it's just really tough. That's it. (laughs) There you go. It's just like a bunch of... It's. I'm just exhausted by the end of the day, and it's... It's hard because I want to have a good spiritual experience with them for like prayers and scripture study, but it doesn't ever work out like I hope. Right. Well, and it's and then they come out of their there. yeah, and then they come out of their rooms giggling, which is cute, but also not when they're like throwing toys down the hallway and screaming. And it's been an hour since they were to bed. And yeah. It's just like I just want to go to sleep. It's hard. Like you want them to be friends and you want them to make memories, but you yeah. also want them to shut up and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> i told i am today tonight i was like hiram shut your mouth and go to sleep and he's like you can't say that i was like i'm sorry i said shut your mouth i was like super calm about it we were like smiling um, but he was like oh my gosh like mom swore <laughs> no i didn't swear it was just cute it's funny all right. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us on this pre-Valentine's Day episode. We hope you got something about marriage. Yep. Go love yourself. Go love your spouse. Go be a helpmeet. Go be a helpmeet. And, and make again make Christ a part of your marriage. Absolutely. Right. And if yeah. he's if he is, make him a bigger part of your marriage. If he isn't, make him a part of your marriage, and it's going to make the world of difference. I mean, think about the the miraculous experiences you've had with the Savior in your own personal life um, and imagine what the Lord can do with that same power in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're missing out on if you are withholding that full commitment to the Savior. And part of that means having a full commitment to your spouse. Yeah, perfectly said. Um, If you would like to join us on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. Follow us at Outpost of Heaven. And we would be absolutely um, thrilled, thrilled and grateful. What? I'm trying to think of fun words. <laughs> we would be super grateful if you gave us a five-star rating and a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. But if it's less than five stars, don't go lower than four, please. <laughs> we love you guys. Bye. Keep the faith.